This is episode number 106 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Hey everybody, this is Doug Stannard with the Leaders Institute and Fearless Presentations and welcome to the Fearless Presentations podcast. This is episode number 106 and our topic today is about Train the Trainer. Now, last year I did a session on Train the Trainer and basically on that session I kind of talked a little bit about how I train my own instructors, you know, how I train my trainers or how I train professional speakers. This one's going to be a little different. It's going to be about how to design train-a-trainer programs within your own organization. So if you have a company or an organization, or if you happen to be a, a consultant and you want to be able to train people within your client organizations, then this is going to be a good podcast for you. Um, the podcast is brought to you by Fearless Presentations, fearlesspresentations.com. And um, we, we've if you've been paying attention or if you've been listening to the the podcast for a few weeks, you kind of know that a few weeks back, about five weeks ago, six weeks ago, we started a new process within Fearless Presentations. And one of the things that we've we've we know that the two day public speaking class is still the absolute best way to reduce public speaking fear. But with the podcast and with our YouTube channel, we've kind of realized that if you're adding digital training to the in-person training, that in-person coaching, it speeds up the process exponentially of uh, that that growth process. It speeds it up exponentially. Um, so we do have classes coming up in the next uh, couple months if you're interested in attending one of our two-day classes. Um, but once you attend one of these two-day classes, you also get access to our weekly webinars. You also get access to all of our uh, past podcasts and 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 uh, channel all the channels and everything. I mean, it's just basically just a ton of digital content that you can go through step by step in order to in order to um, speed up the 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 process of learning to be a better public speaker so we've got classes coming up in December in Phoenix and Indianapolis uh, Orlando Atlanta Detroit New York Seattle Dallas uh, the, the coming up in in January we've got Dallas uh, we've got uh, classes in Miami, Columbus, Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., Boston, uh, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Portland. So uh, just a ton of classes coming up. If, if I didn't say your city, keep in mind that we're doing these. We're doing uh, classes in about 30 different cities around the United States, Canada, Europe. So if I didn't call your city, just go to fearlesspresentations.com. Check out the uh, the the upcoming seminar schedule. There's a link at the top of every page that says seminar schedule that you can access. Find out when the next classes are coming up and what the time and location and all that kind of stuff is. All right, so let's get on with today's podcast. So the title of today's podcast is called the Train the Trainer Model, and and it's really about how to create a a train the trainer course within your own organization. So the Train the Trainer Model is really common in the business world. However, what I I found is that many of the train the trainer programs that that I've had companies come in and have me help them with after the fact 
a lot of them have really big flaws. And, and if you do just a little bit of work ahead of time, you can make sure that those flaws don't occur. So a good analogy, by the way, of what happens during this process is the old telephone game. If you remember, uh, I mean, back when I was when I was a kid, it used to be kind of fun to put 10 people in a room. We do this at like church socials and, or, or church youth groups and stuff like that. But put, put 10 people in a room and then whisper a phrase with more than, say, 10 words into the ear of uh, the first person. And then the first person would do the same to the second person. And then the second person would relay that message to the third person. And basically, by the time that message reaches that 10th person, when you compare the first message with the last message, they're going to be totally different. And a lot of times, they're not even anywhere close to the message that, that we started out with. And that's what happens when organizations try to implement a train-the-trainer process or a train-the-trainer model of employee development, it has the potential anyway to do that if, if, if you don't kind of set the stage correctly. So this doesn't have to occur, though. If you, if you put the right steps in process, if you put those, those, that process in place, then your employee development can be really phenomenal and, and can also cut your training costs pretty dramatically as well. Um, if you're a professional speaker or a professional consultant and you're trying to work with clients and help them save money implementing the ideas that you're that you're um, passing along to them, then this process can work for you as well. So let me just kind of start off with what in the heck is the train the trainer model and how is it supposed to work? Very simply, in, in the simplest of terms, the train the trainer model is just a process where a subject matter expert is they are in charge of training or developing other subject matter experts. So um, there's an acronym that you'll see, especially in the tech world, SMEs. You know, that's sub, sub, subject matter experts. Um, so if you come across that, that's that's basically what that means. But the acronym is it's basically just used to um, to to identify these are people with that have an expertise about a certain thing that we want to train other people in in the organization to have so we want other people to have this expertise um, and they exist in all industries it's not just in the in the tech industry you know like for instance when I was in high school I got a job working at at the mall at, at chick-fil-a that was like my first job um, my first day my first real job anyway um, but my first day there they 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 didn't actually put me on the cash register. I've kind of noticed that a lot of fast food places do that now. They put their newest person on the cash register, which I always thought was kind of weird. But they put me in the back breading chicken and squeezing lemons for lemonade. They and and by the way, the owner of the of the franchise wasn't the person who was training me and it wasn't the manager that was training me. It was a basically a kid just about my own age at the time. I think I was 16. This person might have been 17, maybe, but most likely the the person was really close to my age that was training me to do this. And 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 that kid that was training me had only actually been working at the fast food place for maybe five months longer than I had. But because he had been there for five months and because he had breaded chicken over and over and over again, and because he had squeezed lemons over and over and over again, he was the, the expert on the scene. He was a subject matter expert at breading chicken and squeezing lemons. So, um, you know, it, it, a lot of times we kind of think of these SMEs, uh, sometimes they kind of, we put them up on a pedestal. And it doesn't necessarily mean that 
the person has you know years and years and years of experience. It just means that that person has an expertise that I don't yet have, and I can learn from that person. So in contrast, when I was studying to be a presentation coach, I went through a way more intense train-the-trainer process. I was actually training to be a professional trainer. So I spent three years studying with a, a certified trainer. You know, that was my SME. And during those three years, by the way, I, I dissected every module of this presentation course. I co-taught the modules with, with my mentor. And finally, after I'd gone through that process for years, an instructor trainer flew in from the corporate headquarters to, to certify me to be a, a, a certified instructor. So, uh, so that was a way more intense process. But both of those processes, the, the one that I did in, in high school at the fast food place and the one that I did as a formal train-the-trainer process, they were both using the train-the-trainer module. They, they were both using those a step-by-step process to, to help me kind of gain ex- an expertise that I didn't have. So... You can use this for a lot of different roles within your organization. So the key steps to create a good train-the-trainer course, I've kind of divided this into a few key bullet points or a few key steps, easy for me to say, a few key steps. The um, And I'm going to kind of go through this in a general term on this podcast. There's a good chance that I'm probably going to go into more, more depth on each one of these. Uh, on the next couple of podcasts, because as I was kind of creating this session, I realized there's just there's just a lot of content here. There's a lot of gems here. So I'm going to give you the overview, and then most likely in, in the next couple of weeks, we'll spend a little bit more time on this. So step number one is you want to start by creating good content. Great content. It's the start of all great train-the-trainer courses. It, it seems very simple, but or seems very obvious, but it's amazing how often people want to do a train the trainer program, or they want to institute a train the train the pro, train the trainer program at their organizations, companies. Uh, they're a professional speaker, and they think they have really good content, and they want to train other people to be able to teach it. But the problem is, is that a lot of times their content really stinks. It's not designed well. It's not really been thought out. And um, and if if the since the content, um, a lot of times, and one of the major challenges with this process is that a lot of times the actual content that you're trying to get across to the next generation of of uh, people, the folks that you're wanting to become more of an expert at this subject, um, a lot of times the content is stuck in the head of the subject matter expert himself or herself. It's not written down. <laughs> so and that's when the challenge can occur. So I'll give you a, a personal example. Years ago, I, I mean, I, I was getting to the point where I had so many clients, I, I, things had really picked up. I had so many clients that I was double booking myself at times. I was um, missing appointments. I was just really busy. And so I hired an assistant to help me keep track of my schedule and to keep track of you know, following up with, with my clients and stuff like that. And my assistant had management experience prior to becoming my executive assistant. So she was in charge of, you know, big of, of big departments and things like that. So she was used to having the procedures for the processes. These processes are written down in a real step-by-step format. And since my processes were all in my head, that lack of structure really frustrated her. So she and I spent, we spent weeks. It was at least a couple of weeks, probably four or five weeks, just writing down and refining the processes that I was using. Because, I mean, I knew what I was supposed to do. I knew what I was doing. But 
what I was doing was not really duplicatable for her because she hadn't seen me do all of these things. And she wasn't really um, trained to do to to deal with all the intricacies that could come up in a, in a process. And so we spent weeks writing these things down. And when we did, by the way, the interesting thing about writing those things down, that when, when we did that, we could now measure the effectiveness of each step. And so as we started measuring the effectiveness of the step, we adjusted the process and we adjusted it over and over to increase both the efficiency and the effectiveness of each one of those steps. So within months, I was actually able to work with almost three times as many clients. And if you think about it, I mean, just just adding an ex, an assistant, a person that, and by the way, she wasn't even working full time. She was just kind of working part time with me. I was able to do three times as much work. I was actually able to get three times as much done. And it was mainly because I was able to take that that expertise that I had. And since I wrote it down and created good content out of it, um, I, I was able to to help train her to do those things in my absence. And the interesting thing about that, though, was that as I started to bring on new team members, as my company started growing and growing, I, since I already had the process written down, I could easily train the new team members and it sped up the whole process of bringing on new employees and new assistants. It just sped it up dramatically. So that's what a good train the trainer process can do if you have really, really good content written down. Now, just because you have the content written down doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be easy for folks to understand and follow and work with. So uh, step number two is that you want to efficiently organize your content into a simple step-by-step process. So once you write this, this, write down the content, make sure you simplify your process. Now, just as an FYI, let me kind of step out of the podcast just a little bit. Um, when, when we take people through this process in our fearless presentations classes, we tend to combine step one and two, because if you're creating good content and you organize it well, right off the bat, then it's just a much easier way to to do it. But you do have to have both. You have to have to have good content and the content has to be organized very, very efficiently and effectively. So the biggest mistake that a lot of new trainers make is they try to cram too much information or too much of that great content into a single setting, <laughs> into a, a single sitting with with their audience. So um, no one's going to remember a 100-step process. I don't care how good of a presenter you are, nobody's going to remember it. However, anyone can master a five-step process. And then once the trainee masters those th- those those five steps, then we can teach them an additional five steps. So so um, if if you take your process, break it down into component parts, and then teach the 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 subject matter expert to be the step-by-step process just in in bite-sized pieces, it's going to be a whole lot easier for them to to master each one of those component parts. So um, I I give you an example. I'm currently training a new presentation coach, and this guy's been training for a number of years. So so he is not new to speaking in front of a group. He's not new to the industry. He's just new to the fearless presentations class. So because he's been speaking for over a decade, um, when he went through my fearless presentations class the first time, he, he was expecting that he would just, ah, oh, I go through that. Oh, that's easy. I can do that. And he'd be training right away. And, and so um, I, we, for, we'd been training a couple of times. And the second, the third time, really, that he and I were working together on this project, on this train the trainer process, I, I let him see the instructor manual for the first time. Now, that, that's kind of interesting because most 
organizations don't do that. Most of the time, if people are going to start a train the trainer process, they want them to they want to show them that instructor manual right up front. For me, I wanted the the this guy to really experience fearless presentations first, because if he can go through the class as a class member and gain and gain skill from it, and he's been training for 10, 15 years now, man, then that, that means that just kind of shows him how good the class really is. So I want him to, to really experience it. And then the second thing that we do is we have people, go, our instructors go back a second time just to work on their examples, just so that they can get really, really good at doing the things that we're going to be teaching other people how to do. Because if, you, if you're not flawless in your examples and your delivery, then you're not going to be a great teacher or an instructor. So like I said, so our, our train the trainer process is a little bit different. Anyway, get back to the story. So after I let him see that instructor manual, I, I could see the look on his face. It was confusion and shock at all the all of the different things, all of the different steps that our instructors do in each one of our sessions to ensure that our class members increase confidence. I, you know, when we're up in front of the group, because we because our instructors are so good at what they do, they make it look easy. And we make it easy for the people that are coming through our classes to to gain benefit. But the reason why we do that is because we're like the old proverbial duck underneath the water. We're doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes to make sure that every single person that goes through the class has a has a, a success. And and since we make it look really easy, our um it it can be a little challenging for some of the new instructors to to kind of comprehend until they start to do those kind of things themselves. So basically what I explained to this guy though was that he and I would co-teach the fearless presentations class for the better part of a year. I mean that's kind of the process. And in each one of those classes, he'd start doing more and more of the processes that that I'm doing. So basically I'll have him focus on one thing the first time that we we uh, co-teach and let him master that part. And then the second time, I'll give him a little bit more. The third time, I'll give him a little bit more. The fourth time, I'll give him a little bit more. The cool thing about this process is that that because the new instructors that we're training, since I'm training these, these trainers, because they're doing it in a real step-by-step -step process, they're mastering each one of those components before we move them on to the next part. And so by the time they get, you know, 10 steps in, which is basically that's about, it's about a 10 step process. But when they get to that eighth or ninth step, they're loaded for bear. I mean, they're, they're so confident. They're so effective at doing this that I don't, I don't have any problem turning over one of my classes to them. So that's the process that we use. And that's the process that you can use as well. If you break down that process that you create into, into a really simple step-by-step -step process, break it down into easy, easily learnable bite-sized pieces, and then give that to the audiences a little at a time. Step three is once you actually create the process and then you organize it really well, you have to test it and you have to measure it. You have to do all of that before you start rolling this thing out because the, the, uh, the if the processes within your content, if they are flawed in any way, then your course is also going to be flawed. I mean, the worst thing that you can do is after you create a course is to just roll it out without without testing it first without even a single test. Um, a good example of this, by the way, one of my, one of our competitors, uh, was the Franklin planner company. Um, in 1997, they, that company merged with Stephen Covey's leadership group. And since Covey taught time management skills and the Franklin planning company sold day planners, it seemed like a pretty sound merger. 
Didn't quite work as they expected though, because the new company created this train the trainer model to certify these instructors. They had this great new content, the Stephen Covey content that was fantastic, by the way, great, fantastic content. Um, and they created the train the trainer process, but they didn't really test it. They didn't really measure the results. And uh, like, for instance, this was early in, in my career. I, I wasn't really um, involved in in teaching or speaking at the time. I was actually in a totally different industry. But the the woman who's now my wife, when I was dating her, she um, it was funny because she was a a a manager at a at a hotel, and the hotel's HR people had really bought into this Covey training, and so they were doing these these quarterly. Stephen Covey training sessions at the at the hotel, and she dreaded every one of them. <laughs> she dreaded. She would. I, I, we'd go out on a date, or I'd be over at her house. And say, oh my god, I I'm, uh, I got to go to another Covey training next week. Uh, that, that's not the way my wife talks, but I mean that was kind of the <laughs> the emphasis of it, right? So, um, but but the but it was funny because I remember very distinctly one of the times that she was telling me about this is she said, Hey, I'm going to another of those Covey training things next week. These things are just a complete waste of my time. And I always thought that was hilarious coming from her. That's why it's why I still remember it because she was attending time management classes and she thought the time management classes were a complete waste of her time. Um, so this company, the, the Franklin planner company, the Frank, uh, Franklin Covey, uh, made a really big mistake. They began to certify anyone who paid a small fee and attended a short train the trainer class. They certified them to be official instructors of of this content. The people leading the sessions weren't really subject matter experts. Uh, experts, and since they never, since the company never really measured the results of the train the trainer model, they never knew. They just watched their stock price and their market share drop year after year after year. And eventually they recovered, by the way. I mean, now they're, they're back to being this huge conglomerate in the in the training industry. But for a while there, in the, in, for about six, seven, eight years or so, they just almost went bankrupt. It was, it was pretty challenging for them. And it was all because of the train-the-trainer process that they had implemented and how it wasn't really effective in, in the real world. So once you create the process, you want to make sure and, and test it and measure the results to make sure it's going to work on, on a small case versus rolling it out worldwide and, and creating a big fiasco. Okay, so the last thing I'm going to cover on this session is uh, is point number four, which is people learn by doing. So when you're creating one of these train the trainer models, you want to really add activities and application into the the actual model into the the process. So one one reason why people just absolutely love our presentation seminars and our leadership courses at the Leaders Institute is because they're fun. Each session is a combination of content but it also adds application. So people learn by doing, they don't learn by listening to a talking head drone on for hours. So, um, I, I, and I'll give you an example of where I really learned this. This is back before I started the Leaders Institute, before I got into to being a professional trainer, although at the time I was, I was um, working with a training company. I attended a marketing seminar, and it was actually here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area where, where I'm based. And the organizers invited the participants to actually bring some of their marketing pieces to the seminar. Now, I was in sales. I wasn't really a marketing guy, but because I was an independent contractor with the company that I worked for, a lot of times I was investing in my own marketing pieces in order to bring in new customers and clients. And so I was basically a, a small business owner at the time, even though I was I was um, contracting with a, a big 
training company. So, um, so these speakers, as they covered their curriculum, they also had us recreate our market pieces, marketing pieces based on what they were teaching us. So uh, it, the program was just very practical because we were actually redesigning the items for our individual companies, for our individual needs. And, and it, it, it just worked really, really well. And I, I kind of remembered that. And that's one of the things I really wanted to implement in, the, in our, our train the trainer process when I began the Leaders Institute. Another good example was with the uh, the American Red Cross. Uh, years ago, I taught a presentation class for a group of trainers in their in their blood bank, and these were the folks that were they were responsible for teaching their techs what they called SOPs or standard operating procedures. So um, they they were just getting really really poor results from the sessions that they were training, and the technique that they used was that they would do like a half day of classroom training followed by a half day of lab time. And I suggested that they just change it up a little bit and spend just 10 to 20 minutes in the classroom teaching part of the process, then go into the lab right away and have them practice that part. And then once they once they got once the, the folks that they were training mastered that specific component part, then they come back to the classroom and they went back to the lab. And then they went back to the classroom and back to the lab, and back to the classroom, back to the lab. And they that process just works so much better because it 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 added the application into the the content so that it stuck with the the folks that were taking the classes a whole lot longer. So um, so those are the components. Those four steps are the things that you really want to do when you create the course. What I'm going to focus on next week is I'm going to focus on how to actually train your presenters when when you're using the train the trainer model because um, you, you we we want to train them on things like presentation skills but we also want to bring up the next generation of subject matter experts and that's what we'll talk about on next week's podcast so we we'll see you next week on the fearless presentation podcast subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week